Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. You'll be glad you did. Welcome back to Total Information AM. I'm Megan Lynch, and we're going to talk about a couple of issues this morning that have to do with your children and your teens. If you know a teenager, there's a good chance... There's a good chance they use a somewhat controversial app called Snapchat. The company is now the first to support federal legislation that would provide more protection for children online. The Kids Online Safety Act would require tech companies to provide more parental controls and would mandate those platforms to restrict harmful content. I checked in with media literacy expert and Webster University instructor Julie Smith to learn more about Snapchat and what this move could mean. Snapchat was indeed originally designed so that college students could send naked photos to each other and the photos would, quote unquote, disappear. They included some, um, I don't know, like a notification system so that if someone takes a screenshot of the photo you send, you would get a notification saying like, you know, Megan Lynch has taken a, a screenshot of the snap that you sent. Well, that notification system doesn't always work according to Snapchat's terms of service. And there are loads of apps on the app store called Snap Hacks that will say the sender snap without their knowledge. But also in the terms of service that we've agreed to, we've told Snapchat that they can keep our snaps for their advertising and marketing purposes. So of course they don't necessarily disappear. Now, since then, Snapchat has evolved since, since the you know, original intention and it is the primary messaging app that kids use. They don't text like you and I would text back and forth to each other on the texting app of our phone. They communicate primarily through Snapchat. And are there some safeguards on there for keeping kids from seeing inappropriate stuff? Yes. Do they always work? No. Um, the difference is, is that Snapchat isn't necessarily what we call a broadcast app like X or Instagram, usually it's within groups or people that you already know or people that you want to know. So it's um, it's really interesting. Like a lot of my students at the university will introduce themselves to each other with their Snapchat QR code so that that's, that's the contact information that they exchange now. It's not phone numbers, it's Snapchat. It, it's fascinating. I think it's very interesting that Snapchat has broken away from the trade group NetChoice, which has opposed this measure that would put more controls on these tech giants. I My hunch is that they're doing it because they do not have as much skin in the game, say, as Meta does, because Meta is dealing with Facebook and Instagram. 
Snapchat has always been kind of an outlier, I think, and not has never seemed to be as corporate as the other platforms. And it could be that they realize how dependent teens are on Snapchat and they want to make sure that the parents keep those apps on those phones. Now, what is Meta doing in this realm? Are they in support of the Kids Online Safety Act? Um, Not so much, but they're providing a lot of um, CYA, a lot of lip service. What they've done last week is change the settings on Instagram in particular. So right now, if if a kid has an Instagram account and they, well, if anyone has an Instagram account and it's not set to private, Direct messages or DMs can be sent to them by anybody, even people that they don't know and don't follow on the platform. So now what Meta claims is that they have set a new default on Instagram so that if an account is run by someone who is under 18, the default setting now on the account is that they cannot receive direct messages from people that they don't follow. Now that takes a lot of things into into consideration. It's assuming that everyone is honest about their age on Instagram, because even in the terms of service, you're supposed to be 13. It also assumes that people won't go into the settings and change the default settings so they can still receive direct messages from people that they don't know and do not follow. The direct messages on Instagram is where a lot of the creepy stuff happens. Um, I'm old, so my account is not set to private, and even I get some very strange requests through uh, Instagram direct messages that if I was a teenage girl would be very concerning. I think what a lot of parents are wondering in this is, is there going to be regulation? Have we finally turned that corner where there's not much more that these companies can do to self-regulate or do they still have quite a bit of power? Why would the companies self-regulate when They're making money hand over fist. The more bots and false accounts that are out there, the more money they make because it still is generating traffic for them. Um, And they can always push back about, you know, it being the First Amendment. And so much of this, so much of the traffic is international also. It would be very, very difficult to enforce if there were regulations. A lot of the laws that are are attempting to get on the books now relate to, you know, um, children under 16 shouldn't be on social media. It, it, it implies that everyone is going to be honest about their age. And I think that that's a really, really big assumption. Um, I don't ne- I mean, I don't necessarily trust regulation to do what it would promise to do. And I don't trust the platforms because they are profit-based, which I understand. Really, I think the the secret or the the, the solution is to have really meaningful conversations with the kids about how they use these apps, who are they talking to, how does it make them feel, why do they use it, do they understand how valuable their attention is, how valuable their data is, and if they're using this app for free, they're not the customer, they're the product being sold. You know, there's only a couple industries that refer to their customers as users, and it's the drug industry, (laughs) And social media platforms. If you're a user, you are not the customer. So it's, I think that conversation is really the key. Media literacy skills are the key. Digital literacy, digital fluency, 
conversations should be happening in classrooms and minivans and soccer practice and carpool and kitchen tables and sofas around the world because uh, we can't necessarily trust the government or the platforms to police themselves and we can't trust everyone to be honest about their age. Julie, Snapchat CEO, along with the leaders of Meta, Discord, TikTok, X, they're all going to be in a hearing Wednesday. At least they're scheduled to be before the Senate Judiciary Committee. Lawmakers are expected to ask them a lot about content that promotes sexual abuse of children. What would you expect to come out of that hearing? This is going to sound really cynical, but I don't expect much to come out. Uh, The sheer volume of users makes it almost impossible for these platforms to monitor the content of what is getting placed on there. And also because Section 230 exists, which, remember, absolves the platforms from any responsibility by anything posted on them by a third party. So they're not legally responsible for anything. Um, morally and ethically, yes, we could, we could certainly make that argument. But Mark Zuckerberg has lied to Congress before, uh, and I don't think a whole lot can come from this other than realizing that that media literacy discussions are really the only solution here. I remember when the last time Mark Zuckerberg testified before Congress, one of the one of the people on the committee actually asked him how Facebook made money. And I thought, how did how does someone in Congress not not know how Facebook makes money? So it could be um, it could be a learning experience for, for both sides. But I'm I'm not optimistic that any breakthroughs will happen. That is media literacy expert and Webster University instructor Julie Smith joining us this morning on Total Information AM. Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcast. You'll be glad you did.